You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It helps me out a lot. And a quick shout out to Simmons Electric, our newest sponsor. Since 2004, they have been doing residential and commercial wiring, whole house generator installations, and so much more. Their slogan is small business, big results. And Simmons Electric is a huge supporter of Iowa Bike Trails and Lamba, the local mountain bike nonprofit. Thanks, Mike, and everyone at Simmons Electric for supporting the podcast and for supporting bikes. So as you know, AKA Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, Why haven't I done that yet? Today, meet Scott Groh, who is a tour director for a local bike club in Iowa called Hawkeye Bicycle Association. The HBA has been going strong since 1971, and the organization promotes bicycle safety and advocates bicycle-friendly communities, roads, and trails, as well as bicyclist rights. Scott is going to get into the ins and outs of group riding when not everyone is at the same speed. It's great information if you are part of a club, or maybe you want to start a bicycle club in your community. Well, here's my interview with Scott. All right, well, on the show today, we have Scott Grow. Hey, how are you doing, Scott? Great, Kathy, and yourself? Cool, yeah. Um, I'm hearing some birds in your background, so you must be uh, out in nature. Yeah, we're sitting down here at Sugar Bottom Campground. Oh, so nice. 66 degrees, the sun's out, the birds are chirping, so a really good day in Iowa. Nice. I was just going to say, for listeners who are not aware, Sugar Bottom is a beautiful campground located in Johnson County in Iowa, and they also have amazing mountain biking. They do. They do. Um, You know, we left uh, Cedar Rapids in 2005 to move to to Colorado, Denver, and I used to come down here quite frequently with my mountain bike. When I went over there this morning, I was amazed at how many more trails Mm -hmm. that they have there. So, yeah, I think it's probably one of the best mountain bike trails in the Midwest. So if anybody hasn't been here and likes to mountain bike, make the trip. Yes, and that's a a pretty big shout out to them because um, in August of last year in 2020 Iowa experienced a derecho which is kind of like a hurricane without uh, having water sources and it blew through you know of course it ruined all kinds of property but it also ruined all of the bike trails so shout out to those guys and gals for getting in there and getting those trails reopened. Yeah they're pretty diligent you know I kind of follow the group the I don't know, is it i or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I kind of follow that, um, you know, on social media. And they really got after it down here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for the amount of damage to get it back up and running to the extent that they have is has been really amazing. And, yeah, Feather and all those volunteers caps that yeah. go out on the weekends and with chainsaws and whatever and, 
and get those trails ready for just the general public to come down here and use them. Right, right. And uh, talking about a club, you know, the group that works down there on the mountain bike trails, that's a great segue into why you are on the show. And that's to talk about uh, a pretty amazing bicycle club that you are part of, and it's called the Hawkeye Bike Association. And for those listeners who are not from Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes are, you know, come on, the best football, (laughs) college football team Maybe I, I don't want to say the United States, but maybe I should. Yeah. You know, after being in Colorado for 15 years, we moved back in 2019. And we got back here, and being avid cyclists that we are, we were simply amazed at the amount of cycling that had been added in the Cedar Rapids area. Mm-hmm. When we left in 2005, Sure, we had some cyclists, but nothing to the degree that, you know, the area has now. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've always been associated with several bike clubs, uh, you know, so we can ride uh, race teams, whatever the case may be. Any way we can get on a bike or socialize on a bike, we do so. So we were looking for, you know, clubs, bike opportunities when we came back and and, uh, you know, I looked into HBA uh, right away. Mm-hmm. And I, on this podcast, I talk about Cedar Rapids, Iowa quite a bit because obviously this is where I live, but it's such a great cycling community, like you mentioned. I mean, they've got, we have mountain biking areas. We have the Rails to Trails, which um, if you haven't been on that website, railstotrails.org, it's a bike trail system that goes from coast to coast and it comes through the state of Iowa and specifically through Cedar Rapids. So there's that going on for us. Plus we have really good infrastructure as far as people that work for the city are passionate about getting more pedestrians and cyclists into our downtown area. So if you're on a bike, there's places where there are specific bike trails, there's specific sharrows. It's a great place to live. Um, And it's Iowa. So (laughs) You know, today it's beautiful and sunshiny. Tomorrow it might be snowing, so meh, whatever. That's so true, you know. And, I, you know, when we got back and, and you know, got involved in the Iowa weather, the derate show, the cold winters and everything, mm-hmm. um, you really take a day like today and, and really appreciate, you know, the, the bike trails that you have, some of the safe, safer places to ride. Um, you know, the city's been working at uh, bike lanes, and um, that's another aspect that I like to get involved with, you know, you know, putting bike lanes where they're needed, connecting trails, uh, which is so important. When you live in a place where they, the city looks at that connectivity before streets even put in or a park's even put in, um, so you can commute on your bike no matter where you live in the mm-hmm. city. I can see Cedar Rapids working towards that point, and uh, it's it's a really, really good thing. It's so much fun in the morning if I go for an early morning ride, and when I'm going back to the northeast side, I pass 
you know, 10 or 12 commuters going to going to work. And oh, that's, that's so cool. fun to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, we've kind of gotten into a little bit of the cycling culture since we both live in the same community. But before we get specifically into the Hawkeye Bicycle Association, which is an organization that kind of caters to our community, do you want to get into a little bit about you, the Scott Grow, like how you got into cycling as an adult? Because it's obviously you have a lot of passion for it right now. You know, of course, I've been biking. Everybody, when they're five, six years old, get it on their first bike. So I've been been riding a bike since then. But probably more competitively and highly recreational started back in 1987. Oh, okay. And at that time, again, the cycling community in Cedar Rapids, it was there, but it was small. But the the triathlon community seemed to be fairly... uh, fairly strong and and started getting involved in triathlons and of course riding bikes and uh you know kind of one thing led to another i eventually started to ride the bike more than i did running and and swimming um it seemed like i was a little bit stronger in that discipline so i naturally kind of moved that way and um, 1995 qualified for Hawaii and did did the Ironman there in 95 and then again in 97 um, and then uh, in 2005 uh, made the trip out to Colorado and moved out there and and really really got involved in in cycling mm-hmm. recreational racing and just that culture out there is so embedded and in so is so deep that if you like the bicycle, it's just an incredible, incredible place to live. Nice. And uh, kudos to you for uh, Kona twice. Yep. I mean, for people who don't know, that's like the Super Bowl of triathlon. I mean, that is you have to earn the right to go to that Sufferfest. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And and you know that to, to train for, the, for those types of events, um, it just takes a lot of time. I mean, there's the three disciplines, and you can't, you can't ignore any one of those. Mm-hmm. So the time involved. So in 1997, that was, that was my last triathlon that I did. And then I'm, I'm good friends, and I don't know if you know this gentleman. He's been in Cedar Rapids. He's been uh, involved in cycling for years and years. Uh, C.J. Ong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and CJ and I started getting together, and CJ was a season ultra cyclist, and CJ had been involved in double Ironmans and triple Ironmans and wow. endurance events, and and got me involved. And it was a that that lifestyle and that that type of racing is is very low key. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about where you place. You know, when you're running for 24 hours or you're biking for 24 hours solo, you know, the, the, the camaraderie about just getting to that time frame or getting to that mileage, whatever the, the, the finish or the goal may be, was a different mindset amongst athletes. And I, I really, really enjoyed that. So I got into that quite heavily. And for some reason, I don't, um, Eldridge, Iowa, are you familiar with the small town of sure. the South Rapids? For some reason, in the the late '80s and and the 1990s, for years, the World Championship 24-hour 
cycling event was held there mm. and the 24 hour running world championships were there and and um, it was really a great experience to have something like that in Iowa and uh, to go just a short distance and compete in those kind of events and uh, yeah it was it was it's it's been a, a, a long journey but a fun one I'm pretty much since 2013 uh, pretty all recreational mm. just love getting on the bike and going at a pace that I enjoy and and uh, also giving back to the cycling community and that's why I'm getting uh, involved with with HB as the tour director mm-hmm. and uh, listeners always want to know a what type of riding you do now like you said recreational but is that gravel Mm -hmm. mountain bike road biking and also if you care to tell us what bikes you have yeah i mean uh, we're probably and i'm probably do more road cycling than anything but Mm -hmm. since we've been back the gravel seems to be really really popular here and and abundant you've got gravel everywhere (laughs) yeah you do it's right out your back door um you know, and the issue with traffic and cars and, and stuff like that, I think that's playing into the way people think about cycling more and more. Mm-hmm. So the gravel gives them that opportunity to, to get out and maybe get away from that traffic, feel a little bit more secure and safe. So I do have a, a, a cycle cross bike that I that I use uh, on the gravel. It's just an Orbea and just it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my road bike just primarily is just a, a specialized Tarmac 3 that I've had for practically 11 or 12 years. It's it's more about me just riding the bicycle sure. more than anything else anymore. And it may not have always been that way, but it certainly, it certainly is now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the Hawkeye Bicycle Association, um, because I'm sure listeners, well, A, they want to hear about this actual club, but then maybe, you know, figure out how they they can duplicate this in their own community. Let me take a quick break before talking to you about your tour director position. And I'm going to have Jim Bernstein, who's the vice president of HBA, pop on and tell us a little bit about HBA, the history, uh, just all about the organization. So we will be right back. Well, hi, Jim. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Well, thank you so much for popping on. Um, and Certainly. Glad and, to do it. Yeah. And as I mentioned, uh, Jim is the vice president at HBA, Hawkeye Bicycle Association, and he's going to give us a little bit of background on the organization. And I'm assuming since Scott wanted you to come on, that you've probably been with the organization a few years. I have been. It's It's been at least 25. Oh, so my. Our family moved here in 1994, and um, I was already an avid bicycle rider. And so I was, when I moved here, I, I'd moved from uh, uh, Bloomington, Indiana. Mm. And there was a pretty active uh, bicycling community in, in Bloomington. If you're, if you've ever seen the movie Breaking Away, you know, it's a bicycle movie. I, I, I highly recommend it, but it was shot in Bloomington. And, and it talks about um, the community. A lot of the focus is on the bicycling community in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't belong to a club in Bloomington or, or a, a bicycling club, but I found, you know, a couple of buddies who I'd ride with all the time. So when I moved to, to the Cedar Rapids area, it was the same thing. I had a couple of colleagues who were riders. And so we'd 
um, or we'd just kind of organize ourselves. There mm-hmm. were three of us, and we'd go out on a Saturday morning. And I, what I, one of the things, we'd we'd leave. You know, we all lived within the within a couple of blocks of each other, as it turned out. So we'd meet at Beaver Park. And one of the things I noticed was that there was a bigger group of riders leaving from Beaver Park every Saturday and Sunday morning and kind of wondered about it. So I, I, one morning I uh, rode up to them and just to find out a little bit about them. And it was uh, the group ride for, for the Hawkeye Bicycle Association. And I asked a couple of questions and about what they did and, and uh, um, it sounded pretty good. So I ended up joining some sometime in the mid nineties, probably 95 or 96. The, The group itself has been around, uh, for 50 years, that's one of the reasons that we were interested in talking to you. Mm-hmm. Is that this is our 50th anniversary? 1971 was when HBA started. Um, it was uh, started as a nonprofit social club. It still is nonprofit, and, mm. and a lot of it is social, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's social gatherings that focus on bicycle riding, and so it's open to bicycle enthusiasts of all ages and all riding. Uh, level and experience levels so we have and i'm sure scott and you talked about the different levels of riding in our group rides so we have group rides on saturdays and sundays and wednesday evenings and and uh, a lot of our activities focus on those group rides on those three occasions we're actually trying to um, increase the number of group rides that we do mm-hmm. uh, and we're trying to get critical mass on a couple of other days but we also have a lot of social events too so we have and during the pandemic we've had virtual social events so <clears throat> a couple of months ago we had a trivia night and last month we had a social event for members that was uh, you know share your your most uh, memorable ride kind of thing oh, yeah. and we had one and we had one for new members and when we I, I think in the very near future our social events are going to go back to in person like picnics and mm-hmm. and and things of that nature mm-hmm. and so the other thing that i think uh, we're known for qu- quite honestly is promoting bicycle safety and trying to create a community that's bicycle friendly in and around uh, Cedar Cedar Rapids. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, over the years, we have uh, HBA has promoted and actually uh, sponsored and paid for, not entirely, but contributed funds to various uh, ways of uh, maintaining bicycle safety, like the crossing signals at the uh, trailhead in Hiawatha. Mm. And we have active members who are members of the Lynn County Trail Association. We've contributed to trail signage throughout the area. Um, I know one of the things that our board has recently approved is contributing to a, a bike maintenance station at the Hiawatha City Hall. So, you know, we're really trying to, throughout the years, in addition to being a a social club for bicyclists, we've really tried to contribute to advocating uh, bicycle safety and Mm -hmm. making the community bicycle friendly. Mm -hmm. And when you, you know, you say you're nonprofit, so that means that you're 
a membership-driven organization, which means That's right. people who are part of it are paying some sort of fee uh, yearly or monthly. But when you look at that, so somebody has to choose, you know, I could join HBA, I could join a national club, I could, you know, join a quilting club, like who, who knows what people think about but it's definitely, you know, they're contributing money. And I was going to ask you, a lot of people, when we talk about bicycle clubs, say it's a dying breed because as people get older, that's when they start thinking about joining clubs and giving back to the community. But eventually they get older and older and older and then disappear, you know, whether they retire from cycling or pass away or whatever. But somehow you guys have figured out the magic and it could be because you do more than just weekly bike rides. But do you have any thoughts to give to people who are trying to keep their cycling club alive? Um, well, you know, we actually struggle with with that ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're trying to grow our membership. And, and, and you know, I mentioned before the idea of uh, expanding our group ride opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, at one level, we want to expand our group ride opportunities for more advanced riders who tend to be younger, right? Right. So, for example, you know, young riders in their 20s and 30s, our, our club, quite honestly, I, I don't know what the average age is, but I would say, or the median age, but I would guess it's, as you described, a lot of retirees or mm-hmm. people who are close to retiring. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that we're going to, as Scott mentioned, the group ride uh, concept so that we because we know that people who who tend to ride faster and longer tend to be younger. Right. And and so Scott's concentrating on that. One of the things that I want to concentrate on sort of in the same vein is trying to attract families hmm. um, because I don't know about you, Kathy, but when I'm riding on the trail, and especially on nice weekends or, you know, nice sunny Saturday afternoons. I see a lot of uh, young families with, you know, children anywhere from, you know, like maybe they're in a burly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a little one in a burly, a toddler, or they might have a couple or three uh, preteens who, who are riding. So I see a lot of young families out there. So there are a lot of people who are bicycle riders mm-hmm. in the area, but who are not members of an organized club like Hawkeye Bicycle Association. So to answer your question, if I were starting a club, or if I were starting an association, you know, those would be two ways that I would approach it. I would look for younger riders, both at the more advanced end, mm-hmm. right? People who uh, maybe aren't racers, but who are really strong riders, mm-hmm but who are 10 and tend to be younger, like 30 ish or younger. And I would also look at families who are, you know, young couples in their thirties who have children anywhere from the ages of, I don't know, six to, you know, high teens, 15 Mm -hmm. or 16 um, and, and, and encourage membership memberships among those groups. Definitely. I yeah, completely agree. And um, I know Scott's going to get into talking about what you mentioned with the different levels. And I just think that's so cool. Because then, if I'm, you know, 25 and want to go fast, I can still be part of the same group as when I'm 60 and want to just take my time and, you know, check out the scenery, uh, because you have it structured. So so 
Anyway, Jim, I appreciate you being on the podcast, and we're going to get back to uh, all the great things that Scott's going to tell us about um, being tour director and being part of HBA. Great. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for the opportunity. Jim's a great guy, too. I mean, I probably wouldn't have got involved with HBA without him. He was so encouraging and, and, and had such an open mind that... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was willing to work with the board to take my ideas and and try to run with them. So that's awesome. Well, let's get into it. I did see um, that the Hawkeye Bicycle Association was born in 1971, which makes it 50. So you guys are celebrating 50 years, which is pretty cool. And I would say significant because bicycle clubs are hard to keep members fresh and doing new things, which I'm guessing is why there's now a tour director named Scott Grow because you are going to continue to keep that momentum going. So tell us how you got involved. You know, you mentioned briefly that uh, your relationship with Jim kind of got you there, but tell us briefly how you got involved with Hawkeye Bicycle. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Well, when we got back from Colorado in 2019, like I explained, we were looking for an outlet. We were looking for group. My wife is a, a, a great rider, and she's but she's very social. She loves the social aspect of mm-hmm. going to group rides and chatting and making the miles go by and stuff like that. So we were looking for outlets to, to, to ride with groups. And we kind of found that the Cedar Rapids area, we saw all these bikers and we saw, you know, we'd sit at a coffee shop downtown on a Saturday morning and count 75 bikes go by in an hour and a half. And, you know, they were all kind of fragmented. They weren't all together. They weren't riding organized, which is fine. But we just kind of felt like, hey, we we need to find, you know, that group that we can get into a, a, a club and enjoy that social aspect mm-hmm. of it. So, so in 2019, we started riding with HBA. We joined HBA. We did their – they have a great Wednesday night ride from Cedar Valley Nature Trail on Boyson. Uh, it usually breaks up into several groups. They go different directions. They go different paces. Mm. And then they usually have a really a longer ride on, on Saturday. So we got involved with, with those rides and just, you know, started to see what HBA was all about. And just as you mentioned, they've been, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. And, and of course, last year with, with COVID kind of threw a curve into to everybody's schedule, mm-hmm. but, but cycling especially and and hba took a a stance on that that they wanted to be you know cautious and and wanted to err on the side of 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 being careful more than anything which i i really respected so when 20 you know spring starts to roll around here 2021 things are getting a little bit back to normal people are getting vaccinated Mm -hmm. they're talking about you know getting the ride schedule back together and i was contacted by jim he asked me what I envisioned for a club in, in the Cedar Rapids area. And, and I explained to him, you know, we the clubs that we found that were strong and super enjoyable were the clubs that you could go to and go on a ride that you had groups that stayed together, but they were at your 
at your level of pace or the level that you wanted to ride that particular day. Mm. And, and we kind of found that a lot of the clubs around here were running, they were running a Saturday morning ride and they'd get 30 or 40 riders, but just one group. And within the first half hour, of course, we they would break apart. We'd mm-hmm. get everybody off the front, every off the back, you know, and then we would try to regroup. And the, the front people were discouraged that they had to wait 20 minutes for everybody. So I explained to Jim how some clubs are are breaking down rides in, in three, four, five different groups sometimes, you know, and his eyes kind of popped out of his head like, you know, <laughs> can you really – you know, that means you need to have five ride leaders. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that's that's what you need to do. So I explained to them how they work and how they can work and, and how even smaller groups can still break down into different, you know, different groups. And that gives them, and, and always to explain that it's a group ride, it's not a race, where the whole idea of a group ride is to keep everybody together. Mm-hmm. So I explained to them that, format that I wanted to bring to a club and he he was very open to that and and he said we have a a lot of established riders but we seem to have a lot of one type of established rider that you know and and we'd like to grow and we'd like to broaden the level that we have in our club and that's when I kind of said well let's let's take these things that we've talked about if the board is open to it, you know, it may take some time. We might not be able to do 20 rides a month, but, you know, let's start small. Let's start doing it. And now our first scheduled ABC ride will be June 12th, and that will leave from Kennedy High School parking lot, and it will be center point and return with a regroup spot in center point and we will have uh, an a group a b group and a c group so um we're going to start riding some of those types of rides and and uh i think it'll do quite well so when you say you know a a group b group c group if i am a new you know new to cycling and i maybe maintain a 12 mile an hour pace um, I can determine for myself based on, you know, whatever notes you have, what group would be right for me versus if I've been riding for 20 years and I'm training for a sprint triathlon and want to be in a group, but maybe want to go more like 18 miles an hour. Right. Mm, that yeah. is really cool. Yeah, it is. And, and a, the, the, the ABC group rides will follow the same course. And what they'll do is the, each group will start off five minutes apart. So mm-hmm. we'll start the A group five minutes later. The B group starts five minutes later. The C group starts. This gives us a capability if somebody comes in and says, yeah, I'm going to ride with that A group today. I feel great. I'm going to go out there. You get out on the A group and suddenly in two or three miles, oh, man, I just don't have it today. You right. know, I just my legs are just not there. All they have to do is kind of back off soft pedal a little bit and sooner or later that b group's going to pick them up you know so in in the same way with b you ride with b maybe too maybe too fast that day maybe you don't feel so good whatever just just 
soft pedal a little bit or even stop or wherever you want to do and that c group will pick you up mm-hmm. and you can ride with that c group and we've ridden a lot of different clubs that use that format and they do so well just because of that because nobody feels left out the groups always together nobody's waiting for anybody and it's just a really pleasurable pleasurable ride format that clubs can use to incorporate all different levels but still make it a group ride oh sure i love it and then what are the responsibilities of the ride leader are they setting the pace are they like responsible to know if their whole group is still with them A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion and apparel is their craft. So if you are in the market for a new jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to primalwear.com and use code PRIMALMURF to get 20% off your purchase. Yes, 20%. Now back to the show. So right now we're... That we're in the works right now of trying to clarify and break down those A, B, and C groups and, and put them, write those out so people can understand what group is their pace or what group they would like to ride in and what that will include. And pretty much if, say, we go out with an A group and we, ju- we say this A group's going to be 18 plus and we get somebody off the front that's wanting to push 20 or 22, mm-hmm. and the group's struggling with that, it's that ride leader's responsibility to say, hey, let's, you're, you're at 22, can you back it down to 19? Mm-hmm. Can you back it down to 17? Let's keep it, you know, let's keep it together and, and things like that. I've, I've also said that, you know, on rides, there'll be areas that, if somebody wants to stretch their legs, the ride leader certainly can say, hey, we have a we have a regroup spot up here in three or four miles. Hey, if you guys want to stretch your legs and get off the front, we'll meet you at the regroup spot. So I don't want to, you know, pull back everybody. You know, everybody has an idea of what they want in their particular ride. Mm-hmm. And I think we can provide that without restricting them too much on something like that. So I had the question the other day that somebody says, well, how about if only one person shows up for the C ride? I said, well, that C lead rider, uh, that's who he rides with. So it's not, or if there's only three people, yes, the ride leader for that C group will stay with that C group Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And as Jim mentioned earlier, um, HBA is a nonprofit organization. So I'm assuming that it's membership driven. So people probably pay a little bit of money to be part of the group. It is. It's a it's a membership driven club. Mm -hmm. Um, We are uh, we can allow one guest ride per ride. So if somebody is come, you know, goes to our website, which is hawkeyebike.com. Org. They can go to it. They can see all our events that we're, we're planning. And they're kind of in the works right now. We didn't know where we were going to be with everything with, with COVID. So we took a conservative route to see how we were going to come out of this. So I think there's like 12 rides scheduled so far. And we're going to have a lot more. But we want to we wanna make sure we have everybody in place. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a, a work in progress and uh, we're trying to get everything in line so when we do run these rides 
you know, they're they're done the way we like to see them. And hopefully everybody enjoys those rides. Mm -hmm. And I will say that you have an excellent website. It's full of information. So um, if you're in the Cedar Rapids area and want to be a member, it's like Scott mentioned, it's hawkeyebike.org. Or if you're in a different community and you are like, man, we need to have this in our community, go check out their website because it is really, really cool. It really is. And again, if, if they look on those, guests are welcome. You don't have to be a member to ride one of our group rides. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're, we're working on building membership, and we want you to come. We want you to experience it. You know, try one of the ABC rides that's scheduled. If you like what you're hearing, what I'm describing, uh, try to make one of those particular rides or any of the rides. The Wednesday night ride is so short that pretty much because they don't leave usually till 530. So that Wednesday night ride's short enough that we can let the group go. And it's kind of a string of people and we either regroup at the depot in center point or pick a different. So it's not so, and it's usually only 20 to 30 miles long. So we can keep that kind of just this long string and everybody kind of falls into who, who, where they're comfortable and just mm-hmm. kind of makes that ride. But I encourage anybody that's listening to the, the podcast that, that has some hesitancy to join a bike club thinking, oh, well, I'm not that. You know, I'm not that kind of cyclist. I, we're, you know, we're open to all levels of cycling. Mm-hmm. And like I've always said, any reason to throw your leg over a saddle and go turn the pedals is a good reason. Amen to that. And, you know, of course, we've all spent a lot of time riding solo because of COVID. But there's really something cool about group riding. And this is one of the best ways to learn how to group ride when you join an organization that already exists, because you're going to learn really quickly what's right and what's wrong when it comes to group biking. And I'm going to assume, you know, you guys are Iowa nice, just like I am, that if somebody's doing something wrong, it's not going to be their last time with your group. It's going to be a learning experience and they're going to come back and enjoy it even more. Yeah, and you know, that was one thing that we had noticed riding on the trail since we moved back, that, you know, there's there's such new cyclists out there, and, you know, the the opportunity for them to learn, they, they may not have been exposed to it, or they may not know some rider etiquette, mm-hmm. or they may not know some of that safety things, and that's another thing that I'm not... And, not that HBA doesn't focus on it, but I'm going to focus on it even more mm-hmm. as a ride director is safety and riding and proper hand signals, proper spacing when riding in a group, mm-hmm. um, you know, following the rules that the cars have to because we're no different legally than a car is. We must follow those things. Mm-hmm. And at all of our group rides, we will meet 15 minutes before the ride starts. All the riders will. The ride leader will go through the course of where we're going, the regroup spots, and then again, some of the safety aspects of riding in a group Mm -hmm. and being safe out there on the road and good communications with automobiles. We We have a difficult time sometimes sharing space with those cars and we need to learn that, you know, we need to respect their space and they need to respect ours. Mm-hmm. But we, 
as cyclists need to earn that respect too. So if they see a group of cyclists running through stop signs or not stopping or not hand signaling or something like that, just sends a negative message to those to those automobile drivers. And that's something that, you know, I'm going to focus highly on mm-hmm. as a, as a, a ride director. I've always said, whenever I lead a ride, it's safety first, it's fun second, and let's try to learn something third. So that's kind of the three things that I'll really focus on. Nice. I love that. And it's important to note when you're out biking on the roads, no matter how you feel about the motorist that maybe is, you know, pushing their way towards you or getting too close, um, they will always win because they're much bigger and they have a steel cage around them. You're a bicycle. So it's just so important to, you know, like you said, just be smart, be predictable, follow the rules because you are a vehicle. You're just a slower moving vehicle. And, you know, one person can make a difference. So, you know, like when I'm crossing First Avenue there on the trail or something and the lights go off and, you know, a lot of times somebody will blow through those or whatever. But when they when when somebody stops, I mean, give them a give them a nod, mm-hmm. give them a thumbs up, give them a thank you. They can yep. read your lips. Yep. That type of communications between cyclists and automobiles will help. And the more of that we can do, the better communication that we're going to have with, you know, with that with that competition or I wouldn't, you know, that we're having with somebody in a car or somebody. And just like you said, no matter what happens, that's they're going to win mm-hmm. They're, You know, so, yeah, it's it's something that all of us cyclists can consciously work on every time we, you know, we ride our bikes. Yeah. And so simple. Like just, yeah, be smart. Um, So, okay, you know, we've talked about the A group, the B group, the C group, which gives me the feeling that Hawkeye Bicycle Association is open to any level of cyclist. So, like, you know, based on your experience, do you have any advice you would give to people who are maybe looking for fitness inspiration or maybe, you know, like, oh, man, I like to bike, but I'm not ready for groups? You know, I'm glad you asked that. We've been this this spring, Jim and I put together with HBA Goldfinch in the city of Cedar Rapids. We've been putting together some PSAs and we we just produced one. It was put on our website. If you go to the website, you'll see it. And the first one is about preparing your bicycle. Either it's the first time you've ever ridden a bicycle or maybe the bike's been sitting in the garage for a couple of years or something like that. And it just a, a, a maybe a 10 minute segment of some really quick things that you can do mm-hmm. checking your bike, making sure it's properly, the tires are inflated, the brakes work, you know, make sure you have your helmet and stuff like that. So we're working right now with the PSAs to get those out there. The next one we're going to be working with is one of the safety commissioners from the streets commission. And we're going to be working with the, the trails, the crossings, um, some of the work that the city of Cedar Rapids is doing with bike lanes and hopefully they can shed some light on the safety aspects of what they're doing and how cyclists can react to the things that they're doing also. Very nice. And is that something that uh, obviously members can find on the website? Pretty simple to find? 
yeah, that one's, I think they posted that one up there. I think if you go under events or you go under, uh, you know, things that we've done or something like that, that one was just posted last week. So, Excellent. you know, HBA is a great reference for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of clubs that I was involved with had beginner rides and, you know, that's something that I also mentioned to HBA and probably will incorporate that once we start getting these ABC rides together, where if it's the first time you've ridden or even if you're just in just starting out and you don't feel comfortable if you or you have a question about what type of shoes to wear mm-hmm. or what's a good fit with a helmet or something like that, uh, we're going to get some things together with that uh, with HBA. Uh, my wife had put together out in Colorado a, uh, a what she called GGR and it was so successful it was girls gone riding oh, nice. and it was it was a couple times a month and all levels were invited it was only usually 20 to 25 miles so as a group she could keep together Matt no matter if she had a 12 mile an hour mm-hmm. or a 26 mile an hour she brought she would bring cat ones in she would bring beginners in and it was hugely successful so that's something that I'm going to look at and my wife's going to look at down the road mm-hmm. uh, bringing some kind of those things into the club also that's awesome well and how about you I mean you're at Sugar Bottom right now so I'm guessing mountain biking is in your immediate future but do you have adventures on the horizon you know we're headed out west uh the middle of June we're going to go out to Fruta first and we're going to do we're going to do some mountain bikings I've never even living out in Colorado I never did I think it's called the continental continental no the monument uh, Monument National Park. There's like a 30-mile loop out there that I've never done, so we're going to go out there and do that. Uh, then we're going to travel on to the state of Washington. My son and his wife and their four-week-old daughter live out there, and we're going to do a little riding out there. And then on the way back, we're going to stop in Logan, Utah, and do a little riding on there, and then and then back to Cedar Rapids. So, yes, we do. It's going to be nice and recreational, and we're really looking forward to it. How about yourself, Kathy? Awesome. Oh, man, I've got so many. My calendar is so full. Uh, This weekend, (laughs) I'm heading to uh, Missouri to do the Humphreys Gravel Grinder, um, which I'm pretty excited about. And then next weekend, I'm going to do the Wabash Trace with Pork Belly Ventures. Um, It's called Birds and the Bees Ride. So I'm really excited. It sounds more like a a little bit more of a low-key ride. They're going to be having music and camping and... Um, so those are just the next two things coming up. But gosh, I've got so much on the on the books. That sounds great. That really does. I did I did brag bry one year with Pork Belly. Oh, cool! Yeah, Go I ahead. used to do a ride that turned into the Dirty Kansas. Oh, sure. That now now is a huge ride that attracts I don't know thousands of people that want to do it, and it's a lottery. I don't, I haven't followed it that much, but years ago. It was called the Flint Hills Death Ride. Oh, oh my. <laughs> and that's where that ride originated from. And it was always about 100 miles. And they would never release the route until 20 minutes before the ride started. So oh. nobody knew where it was going to go. And that's where uh, that, that Dirty Kansas or whatever it's called now, uh, 
that's where that ride originated probably 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, now it's called Unbound. So it's, Unbound, it still really. con- continues, but uh, the name has changed. But any race that would have the word death in it, I don't know that I would <laughs> sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, if the weather was good, just like any ride, it's, it can be super, super enjoyable. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's amazing uh, how all these off-roads and these gravel things have just exploded. Yeah. And I think it, it's really cool. It's opened up a lot of doors for, for everybody to get on a bicycle and explore that maybe they never would have done if uh, these kind of events and stuff like this uh, started. So, yeah, it's really neat. Definitely. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Scott. And uh, we should say it one more time, hawkeyebike.org is where you can find out all kinds of things on the Hawkeye Bicycle Association. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today, Kathy. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And hopefully maybe one of these days we can meet up and uh, spin the pedals. Go for a ride. Sounds great. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in to listen. And big thanks to both Scott and Jim for coming on to talk about the Hawkeye Bicycle Association. They mentioned a bit about the bike safety videos they are creating. And Scott wanted me to mention that they have a partnership with Iowa Big, who are shooting and editing the PSAs along with Goldfinch Cyclery, the local bike shop. Iowa Big is a high school program that allows the students to learn hands-on about real-life working situations. It's pretty cool. If you are local and would like to join the Hawkeye Bicycle Association, go on their group rides, or if maybe you need some inspiration for your own bike club, check out hawkeyebike.org. And email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out my website for all kinds of bike-related stuff. I will leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Arthur Conan Doyle. When the spirits are low, when the day appears dark, when work becomes monotonous, when hope hardly seems worth having, just mount a bicycle and go out for a spin down the road without thought on anything but the ride you're taking. Think about it. (laughs) 